Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. Typically, when you meet someone for the first time, you want to know a little bit about who they are. So your first question might be, so tell me about yourself. So if you were asking me that question, I might say, well, I'm 63 years old. I have two children. I'm married. I have a granddaughter. I'm semi-retired. Oh, so what do you do in your spare time? Well, I did say I'm semi-retired, but I'm also teaching at the University of Winnipeg Pace. Oh, and that stands for Professionally Applied Continuing Education. I love instructing students. And I also teach Zumba part-time. Oh, you don't know what Zumba is? Well, it's dance and fitness, and it incorporates music that is Latin-based as well as popular music. And we instruct our students So it's dance and fitness at the same time. Oh, and I'm also part of Toastmasters. Oh, you want to know what Toastmasters is? Well, it's a nonprofit organization that has clubs all over the world. And it helps you to really develop your public speaking skills and help you to gain confidence and also help you develop your leadership skills. So. I belong to Toastmasters and I also have a podcast. Yes, it's Coffee with Jenny B. No, I don't just talk about coffee, but it is conversations over coffee. So I imagine that if I was sitting across the table with you in a coffee shop, we would talk about certain things and you would be asking me the questions that you're asking me now. And I might also be asking who you are and what you do. So we're having a conversation and this could go on talking about different aspects of who I am, what I do, you know, talking about my relationships and so on, but that is not really all of who I am because there's more to us than what we present to the world, what they see, who our families are, what we do for a living, what we like to do in terms of hobbies. Those are great to know, and it helps you to understand 
a little bit about who someone is. But if you want to really know more about yourself and really dig deep and learn about what drives you to do certain things, what are those things that you do so naturally that others compliment you on? It's like, I don't know how you do that. That's so amazing. And you just kind of shrug it off. And it's like, yeah, you know, it comes easy to me or I don't know why I do it, but I do it. And it's not easy to explain what that is that we do. So why do we act a certain way? Why do we think a certain way? Why do we respond to things in a certain way? It really all boils down into understanding who we are and either accepting what we are, acknowledging what we are. It's going, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I know why I act a certain way, why I think a certain way, why I respond a certain way. It's validating your talents, recognizing that you have those talents. But how do you get to really understand, to recognize, to validate? There are a number of different modalities, programs, tests that you can take that will give you a little bit of an understanding of who you are. Now, most of these will be more generic, meaning that they apply to a number of people throughout the world. So it's not that you are the only one that has those characteristics, that has that personality, that has the talents, etc. But even though it is more generic, you can identify certain things that will apply to you. And not everything does, of course, because again, it's more generic. It's more a broad description of that type of personality, that type of talent, etc. So what I want to share with you are some of the ones that I've been really interested in and some of them I've recently just discovered and others I've been really interested in for a long time. And I want to share what I've learned about myself so that I will understand more about what makes me tick, what makes me Jenny. Why do I respond the way I do? Why do I think the way I do? But it's also recognizing not only our strengths, the things that we present to the world, the things that people might admire us about or might appreciate the strengths, those talents that we bring. It's also helping us identify the weaknesses, you know, the things that we do that perhaps aren't as admirable. The ones that as long as we understand what those are, we can start working on perhaps not so much fixing the weaknesses, but when you are aware that you are reacting in a certain way, it helps you to perhaps 
think about dialing it back a little bit, maybe not reacting that way, or it gives you the opportunity to recognize that maybe I do need some help in this situation. You know, so for instance, if you tend to be a procrastinator, and that is something that is identified as one of your weaknesses, and you know that this is a weakness, it can spur you to perhaps set firmer deadlines, maybe more frequent deadlines, maybe giving yourself an incentive. So then instead of procrastinating and putting it off, it's like, if I finish this report, I can have a glass of wine. I can go for a walk. I can buy myself something pretty. Whatever the incentive is that will get you to do it. I mean, you should do it anyway, because in most cases you have to do it. And if you don't get it done on time, it's late. And having something late has its own consequences. So maybe the consequence is something that is going to spur you on to make sure that you get it done. But I digress. Let's dive in and talk about all the modalities that I'd like you to learn about and learn more about me. Let's start with something that I've done pretty much all my life, and that is looking at my horoscope. So in order to read your horoscope, you need to understand what your sun sign is, you know, in astrology. There's 12 different sun signs. And my birthday is December 31st. So that means I am a Capricorn. And the description of the Capricorn, they are a feet on the ground, eye on the prize type of person. They are usually grounded. So when you think about the animal that is associated with Capricorn, it is the goat. And goats are easily sturdy. They're steady when they climb up on rocks and, you know, especially mountain goats where they're very agile. And so goats can easily scramble all over the place, but are very grounded. They know how to do things. They're very practical. They like to get things done. They're very honest, reserved, and strong-willed. Very stubborn. Also, quite ambitious, and they like to take responsibility. Now, again, very generic. This could apply to a number of different people. I have a lot of friends who are Capricorns, and most of that description will apply to them, and most of it applies to me as well, but not all of it. But that's okay. I'll take what I can from it, what I think applies to me, But every day when I read the paper, I check my horoscope and see what it has to say. Now, again, the horoscope, depending on where you get it. So the horoscope in the newspaper is one astrologer's take on what's going on. If you look on different sites online, you might get different descriptions of what the forecast is for that day. But 
like anything, you take it with a grain of salt and you realize that, you know, this is fun. It's enjoyable. And if you're reading something and it's telling you something good is going to happen, well, that just makes you want to look forward to perhaps having something good. And usually when you have that outlook of something that you're looking forward to something, maybe being a little bit more optimistic, chances are you're probably going to find something that was good that day. Was it a coincidence or was it foretold that you were going to have something good? You decide, but it's something fun. And it's also fun to think about your role as a Capricorn and how that relates to all the different signs. And some are more compatible and some are not so much. But is it because of their sun sign that you are compatible or not? Or is it just your personalities? I don't know. I really don't take a lot of stock in that. I just like to know who I am and have fun reading about it. The other one that I want to talk about, and this is something that I probably started looking at and over the years looking at it in a little bit more depth and detail. And I think it's been about, oh, more than 25 years since I first discovered it. But this is the Enneagram. Now, the Enneagram is a system of personality typing that describes how people interpret the world and how they manage their emotions. So now there are nine different personality types and it maps out the personalities and helps to illustrate how each type relates to each other. So now each of us, I think, have a little bit of all of it, but one is more dominant. And when you read the description of each personality type, and there are certain tests that you can take, you can answer questions. When this happens, how do you react? You know, so you can easily identify, oh yeah, I'm that because that's me. I definitely do that or I think that way, whatever it is. But it's understanding a little bit more about you and who you are. Now, what's interesting about the Enneagram is that I had mentioned, first of all, knowing our strengths and weaknesses and how we can deal with with both. But with the Enneagram and the nine different personality types, there's different ways of looking at it. So for instance, I'm going to list what the nine personality types are. So one is the perfectionist, two is the helper, three is the achiever, four is the individualist, five is the investigator, six is the loyalist, seven, the enthusiast, eight, the challenger, and nine, the peacemaker. Now you can check different Enneagram sites online and some of the descriptions for the different types may be a little different, but regardless of what it's called, it still is what that type is. Now, another way of looking at it is that it. If you think about the nine types, it's broken down into three separate centers. So one is head, heart, and gut. So two, three, and four fall under the heart. 
Now, two is the helper, so they lead from the heart. Three is the achiever, also leading somewhat from the heart, but their expectation is a little different than the helper. And then four, the individualist, that they lead, it's more heart-centered, more feeling. It's all about feeling. Now, five, six, and seven are more of the gut. And so it's more about that gut instinct. So again, different heart feeling, but the gut is something that is instinctive in them. And then eight, nine, and one are the thinking. So it's coming from the head. So instead of, I think we should, I feel we should, my gut is telling me. So another easy way of, I guess, determining where you fit into it is, are you thinking first, feeling first, or is your gut telling you that this is what you need to do? Now, I'm a two. I like to help people. That is the description of a two. We like to help. We like to give. We probably put other people first before ourselves. We like to get acknowledged and appreciate. It's not so much acknowledged, but it's being appreciated for what we're doing. Now, there's a healthy two and there's an unhealthy two. So what does that mean, healthy versus unhealthy? Twos are helpers. We help people. We tend to put people first. For instance, if we have planned our day and we're looking forward to whatever that day is, and someone asks us, you know, I really need your help. Can you help me? I would really, really appreciate your help. Chances are we'd probably change our plans and say, sure, I'll come and help you because that's part of our nature. We feel from a heart. We lead from the heart. We want to help. Now, if we are appreciated, we're happy to do it. But if we're not appreciated and perhaps we're called on too many times to help others without feeling either appreciated and not even so much reciprocated, it's not like I'm doing for you and you have to do for me. That's, that's not it at all. But if we're not appreciated and if we're taken for granted, basically, if we, if they expect that, oh yeah, Jenny will do it. No worries. We become resentful and then we become unhealthy twos. And then we go to eight. Eight is the challenger. Eight will say, no way. You can't say I'm an eight. They will challenge you. And so what happens is I'll put up, I'll put up, I'll put up. And then when I go to eight, I explode and it's not pretty. So what I need to do to be healthy is I need to go to four. Fours are the individualists. They like to tend to themselves. They, they look after themselves. Now, that's not to say that they are selfish, that it's only about them, because they also lead from the heart, but they know how to look after themselves. So if I want to be healthy, I need to go to four. If someone's asking me, I need your help. Can you help me today? And I've made plans that I'm looking forward to. I should be able to say, 
I'd love to help you, but I've made plans today. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Now, different story. If it's an emergency, they need your help. You know, someone's sick, that's different. But if they're moving, they can call someone else because you've made plans and you need to stick to what you've decided. It's about boundaries. So if I'm healthy, I'm going to take more bubble baths. I'm going to do more meditation. I'm going to go for walks. I'm going to look after myself. Because if I'm looking after myself, the more I give to myself, the more I can give to others. And so that is the Enneagram. Again, it's an imperfect, it's more generic, but you can take from that what you need and what that means to you. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Cundell, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. The other test that you can take, and this has been around forever and ever, as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) is it's the Myers-Briggs. Now, Myers-Briggs is a personality test. You answer a series of questions, and it's loosely based on the philosophies and the teachings of Carl Jung. And there are 16 different types. So for me, I am an ENFP. I'm an extrovert. I'm intuitive. I'm feeling and I'm perceiving. So, no surprise, I'm an extrovert. I have no problem putting myself out there. I have no problem talking to people. I've got energy. I'm enthusiastic. I love to talk. I'm not afraid of cold calling. (laughs) You know, some people don't like it. Some people don't like public speaking. I have no problem with that because I'm an extrovert. I can put myself out there. I can make friends easily. And that's just part of who I am. I'm also intuitive. I can instinctively sense how you're feeling or what's going on. I'm very intuitive that way. So feeling, okay, I mentioned Enneagram. I'm, I'm a two. I'm, I lead from the heart. So I feel things. I'm also feeling my, my first instinct is to feel, to want to help, to want to have that empathy for someone. And the last one is perceiving. So it's perceiving versus judging. Perceiving is you're looking at both sides of the issue. So versus judging at face value, you're looking at, at everything to decide what it is that you know. And then in the 16 personalities, I am what's known as a campaigner. So the description of a campaigner is independent and creative, always on the lookout for the magic and meaning. And we seek out joy and pleasure in everyday life. We are curious, 
perceptive, enthusiastic, excellent communicators, festive, and good nature. Now, the same with the Enneagram. We have our healthy and unhealthy, or in this case, the positive was what I just explained about the curious, perceptive, enthusiastic, and so on. Our weakness is that we can be people pleasers, unfocused, disorganized, overly accommodating, overly optimistic, and restless. So the people pleasers, I can easily identify that with the Enneagram being the helper because we want to make people happy. So yes, I will help you. And by helping you, I hope I'm pleasing you and hope that you do something nice for me. Now, it's not that cut and dried, but you, you, you can see some similarities between Myers-Briggs, the description in the 16 personalities, and the Enneagram. Now, one modality, I guess, that I've recently been more curious about is human design. Now, I spoke about this in an interview with a few people, actually. But just to, again, describe what human design is, it's a mix of Kabbalah, I Ching, the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, astrology, biochemistry, genetics, and the chakra system. It's all in one. I've talked about astrology. I've talked about Enneagram. I've talked about Myers-Briggs. So it's no surprise that I was drawn to wanting to know more about human design. And there are five different types in human design. There is the projector, reflector, manifester, manifesting generator, and generator. My type is the generator. The generator is known as the life force of the planet, known as builders. 70% of the world's population are generators. So there's there's a lot of us out there. (laughs) So we have a a well-defined sacral center. So the sacral center. So I like to think of the gut as our second brain because we have our thinking in the brain that we have on in our head. But then the sacral center for a generator is something that helps us decide what we should respond to because our strategy is to wait to respond. That means that we wait for those moments, those projects, those things that light us up, that really light up our energy. Because when you are not lit up in what you're doing, it drags you down. You know, so when you're thinking about doing something, and again, using your sacral center, it's either a hell yes, I'm going for this, this, this feels right, and I'm all lit up, and I'm so excited, I can't wait to do it, or it's a hell no. You know what? There's no way. Even if you say, yes, I want to do it, and then when you get into it, it's like, eh, you know what? I really don't want to do this. It's important if you're a generator to listen to that because if you push through, it's not going to be good for you because instead of you being all lit up in energy, you are now depleting 
your energy. You should feel at the end of the day when you've been doing the things that your sacral center said that you should be doing, you should feel like, oh my gosh, I had the best day because I was doing everything that I wanted to do, everything that really lit us up. And when we are inner energy, we light up the world. That's how we share our energy with others and others are drawn to us when we're lit up. And so that's how we're bringing joy, not only to ourselves, but to everyone else. And so it's understanding your strategy and understanding your human design type. Now in in human design, when you fill out a chart, and so the chart is your name, your birth date. So your day of, day of the month, the month, the year, the time you were born, morning or evening, and the place that you were born. So you get a chart and it's free. There's a number of different sites that you can get your chart. And then you can see everything about it. And, and it can be a little confusing, but don't worry about it. It's understanding your type. And so my profile is a six, two. Now the six is known as the role model. And with the six, there are different stages of the role model. So the stages one to 30, 30 to 50, and then 50 plus, which is where I am. (laughs) And as you're going through the different stages, you are coming into your own, so to speak, as a role model. And you are in a position when you are in your fifties now to really settle into what that does that, what does that mean as being a role model? You know, you're a visionary, you're providing, you know, impact, knowledge, understanding. So it makes sense for me to be an instructor to teach because I'm a role model. It makes sense for me to be an executive in Toastmasters and be involved in Toastmasters for as long as I have been because I can be seen as a, as a role model. And the two, the two is known as the hermit. So when you think about a hermit, they are more into solitude. They will shrink into themselves. They will go into their little hut, into their little cave and basically hide from the world. And so even though I'm an extrovert, I'm curious, I like to share my energy with the world. I need those moments where I need to recharge my batteries. I need to recharge my energy. And so I will take a break from social media. I will say no to different things that I was planning to do. And I will have a bath. I will read a book. I will meditate. Or I will just go for a walk. And I won't even listen to music. I will just walk. And being a hermit is really important for someone who is a generator, who is an extrovert, who is curious, who is outgoing. Because in those quiet moments, in those moments of reflection, we are open to the universe. We are open to 
learning more about ourselves. Again, thinking more about not what's on the surface, but more about what's inside. And sometimes being still and quiet, and not just verbally quiet, but quieting your mind, that is when new ideas can pop into your head. Maybe you've been struggling with a problem and you haven't been able to come up with a solution. Or you're working on doing some writing and you've got that writer's block and the harder you try, the worse it gets. And that's usually how it applies to most things in life, that the harder you try, the harder it is to find the answer or the solution. So by taking those moments to be quiet and still, it's giving you a moment to allow those thoughts, allow those ideas, those solutions to come into your mind and and give yourself a little bit of a rest. Because even though I've been known as the Energizer Bunny, eventually batteries die. <laughs> you know, so the Energizer Bunny will stop. And so before I stop, I need to make myself stop. And when I don't stop, things like me hyperextending my left knee or something happening, the universe is saying, okay, you're not listening to me. I'm going to make you stop and you better listen. So if you are an energizer bunny, maybe you need to listen and perhaps stop sometimes. The last thing that I want to talk about, and this is something that I found actually quite fascinating when I was first introduced to Clifton Strengths by my friend Wendy Hofford. I didn't know what to expect, but I'm curious. So, with everything else that I've been doing, it's like, okay, here's one more test that I want to take. What's interesting about this test, though, is Clifton Strengths identifies areas where you have the greatest potential for building your strengths. We are all born with talents. You know, some people have a talent for communicating. Some have a talent for art. Some have a talent for negotiation. You know, we all have talents. These are traits that we do automatically without thinking that we don't struggle with. You know, someone's like, oh, I can't do that. I, I, I wish I could do what you do. And again, we might say, oh, uh, you know, oh, it's nothing. You know, it's, it's easy. Whatever is easy for you is definitely not easy for someone else. But it's understanding why is this easy for me? Why can I do this? Why does this come so naturally? And it's understanding that this is a talent that you are born with. But it's not just relying on the talent. It's an opportunity for you to build the talent into a strength. And that's where Clifton Strengths comes in. So it's a series of 177 questions, but it's not a strongly agree, strongly disagree, like with Myers-Briggs. It's more of a, would you do this or would you do that? And if you're not sure which one is the most, then I'm sort of in the middle because I can't decide if I'm doing this or that. And then at the end, you get a report. Now, there are 34 different strengths, and you get your top five, and then you also have your top 10 list. So my top five strengths are input, positivity, 
strategic, activator, and ideation. Now, what do these mean? Well, input is what you are taking in. And so I love to read. I love to do research. I love to learn. I'm always taking courses. I'm always reading books. I'm always, I'm always taking in information. And so I'm inputting all this information, which means that I've always been good at trivia, you know, trivial pursuit, doing crossword puzzles, doing crypto quotes because, you know, you see patterns because you've, you've learned about doing that. And so input for me is number one. I like to think of myself as a a font of knowledge. If people want an answer about something, it's like, Hey, uh, what was the name of that movie where, you know, the guy with the whatever, and you know, and it might give me a second to think about it. So I, I look at the database, you know, in my head and I just like flipping through and it's like, Oh yeah, here's the answer because of all my input. It's all stored in my brain. The second one is positivity. I've always been more of a positive person, you know, smiling, looking at the bright side of things, not being overly positive. I mean, there is some balance, but chances are I tend to look at more of the positive side of things and try to, you know, look for the silver lining, you know, when life deals you a blow. So what can I take from this? Because it can't be all bad. Number three, strategic. It is knowing how to make things work for yourself. And not in a bad way. You're not using people, you're not using things, but what you're doing is you're bringing things together. So for instance, with strategic, if you see that a friend needs guidance in a certain way, you know, someone else that can provide that, you bring people together. You find opportunities where a business can provide me something that I need for an event, let's say that I'm running. But then in return, I can find something that the business might need. And so it's being strategic and bringing things together and learning because when you're strategic, you are thinking in advance of how things are working versus just randomly throwing them together. So there's a method to the madness. Number four, activator. That means that we make things happen. We activate, we take action, we work on it and make sure it's getting done. That is the Energizer Bunny again. So, you know, when you think about human design and the generator, so we're generating energy, we're generating life force, activator, absolutely. That definitely fits with me. And number five, ideation. So ideation is the idea of coming up with ideas. I can come up with an idea for something on the spot. You know, you're talking about something that's like, hey, what if you did blah, 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 or what if we did this? But what's interesting with ideation is where are these ideas coming from? Well, think about all the input that I've been taking in, all the reading, all the knowledge, all the learning, and somewhere that is sparking these ideas for ideation. But also, don't forget, we are curious people. So curiosity is part of it. We're also very perceptive. You know, when we see not only in Myers-Briggs in terms of being perceptive, but when you think about a Capricorn and when you think about the Enneagram. 
So all of this is kind of tied together and it's really showing you parts of who you are and helping you to understand who you are and what makes you tick. Now, of course, with the Myers-Briggs and the human design and astrology and the Enneagram, you have to think about the strengths and there are also weaknesses in Clifton Strengths because I can come up with an idea, but is it my idea or does it belong to someone else? Now, if it's mine and I act on it and it ends up not belonging to me, and I've done a few of these, they can be disasters. So with the ideation, coming up with an idea, you have to take a step back and think, okay, does this idea belong to me or does it belong to someone else? And if it belongs to someone else, you just let that idea go and you don't act on it. And before you act on it, you have to think, do I need to do something with this or do I need to wait and think about it? Same thing with input. Too much input, you need that output. You got to let some of it go. So by doing a podcast, by talking about all the things that I'm interested in, the things that I've read about, that I've learned, that I've experienced, I need to share that. I need to get that out. Talking to my students, I'm talking about, well, not just learning outcomes and what they need to to understand when it comes to their course, but it's also sharing my experiences. It's challenging them with some ideas, asking questions. So the output is important for that input. Same thing for positivity. You can't be positive all the time. Sometimes you need to dial it back a little bit because not everybody likes somebody who's like, hey, you know, everything's going to be great. Maybe not so much. Maybe you need to dial it back a little bit. And then strategic, sometimes things need to be random. So it's understanding all of what I've just described in terms of your personality types, your sun signs, you know, where are you in the human design? Myers-Briggs, thinking about your personality, thinking about how you are presenting yourself to the world and how you want to be understood. Because really, at the crux of it, we want to be understood. We want to be seen for who we are and valued for who we are. And not just for what we do, what our hobbies are, who is part of our family. It's really understanding who we are. And when we take the moment, the opportunity to understand others at a deeper level, I really truly believe that it strengthens the relationship. It strengthens the communication. It strengthens the connection. Because we all want to be connected to each other. We all want to have that relationship. And it really starts by understanding each other and understanding ourselves. So until next time, think about how you want to present yourself to the world. Do you want to understand who you are? Know a little bit more about your talents, your strengths, 
maybe understanding what your sun sign is all about, even if it's just for fun. And really knowing who you are. Because when you know who you are, you can be comfortable in who you are and confident in presenting yourself to the world. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.